Good morning. Uh, just two quick reminders before introducing our speaker. Uh, men's basketball game, Friday night, 8.30 uh, in Atlanta at Emory. Um, and also tomorrow night, uh, 8.30 p.m. in Mills 160, there's going to be a conversation for women on sexual brokenness. So that's going to be Mills 160, 8.30 tomorrow night, and Shan Alexander is going to be uh, leading and kind of hosting that. Uh, it is my pleasure to introduce our speaker this morning. Um, it's always exciting. You know, we're, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but when you meet a brother or a sister um, and, and you realize immediately, like, I think we could be really good friends. Um, and that was the case this morning. Had an absolutely delightful breakfast, and I look forward to getting to know uh, our speaker better. Uh, Jim Carter has served, uh, served for 23 years as an Army chaplain uh, before becoming pastor of New Presbyterian Church in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, uh, where he has served for four years. His daughter, Sarah, is a graduate, uh, and he and his wife, Terry, um, are loving Florida. Yeah. So it's really a pleasure and an honor to uh, introduce and offer a warm Scots welcome to Jim Carter. Well, good morning. It, it is indeed a joy to be with you this morning and to be able to spend a few minutes with you and bring God's word to you. Uh, on behalf of uh, my daughter, Sarah, who's a graduate last year, she sends her love and the joy of chapel time. So uh, it is indeed a, a, a joy to be with you. Uh, my name is Jim Carter, not Jimmy Carter. So I want to make sure you get that right up front. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Joshua chapter 1 this morning. Uh, this is a passage of Scripture that I, would, that I use many times uh, during my time on active duty as an Army chaplain in, in combat tours in Baghdad as well as in Saudi Arabia and other times. But I'm going to come at it a little different angle this morning. We're going to focus this morning from the angle of success. And what does it mean to be successful in today's world and how do you as future servant leaders for the cause of Christ how do you define success let's look now at God's holy and inspired and infallible word Joshua chapter 1 after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord the Lord said to Joshua son of Nun Moses Moses is aid now Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Only be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you, and do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Let us pray for a moment. 
Our Heavenly Father, we come before your presence this morning and we thank you for your glory and your majesty and your holiness. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for Covenant College. For without a doubt, God, it is a college that's on the cutting edge, not only with academic rigor and devotion to you, but with the desire to develop emerging leaders for the cause of Christ. And we pray your anointing over this student body and for our next 20 minutes together, that they might see what it really means to be successful for you. Amen. As you think about success this morning, we all want to be successful. Uh, success is something that everybody wants, one guy said. Everybody wants to buy it, but nobody wants to pay for it. Another person said success is getting your mother-in-law to leave early when she comes to visit. There are many hilarious things about success, but this morning I want to talk for a moment about the difference between biblical success and worldly success. The world defines success around what I call four or five P's, popularity, most likely to succeed. Probably many of you in your high school class might have been voted most likely to succeed. And so the world says popularity defines success. Or power, popularity, power. If you're powerful, if you're affluent, what's your position? What people do you know? How do you define it? Is it power? Is it popularity? Is it prestige? Or is it position? That's what the world says. But God comes to Joshua here in this text, and Joshua was a leader of the nation of Israel. He'd just taken over command of the military after the death of Moses. Moses was a great man, and he had died, and now Joshua has been tagged or tapped to be the next leader of the people of Israel. And he's going to take these people into the promised land. And as he looks at the promised land, he realizes that there are a lot of enemies there in the promised land. And he realizes that it's going to be a serious fight. He's not just going to walk in the promised land and it's going to be easy. He's got to marshal his forces and he's got to go into battle. And he is nervous and he is filled with anxiety and he is somewhat fearful because if you go back a little bit in the book of Genesis and, and I mean of Exodus, you will see that that Caleb and Joshua had gone into the promised land already on a reconnaissance mission and they had gone in to spy out the country and they knew what was over there. They knew what the future held and it was going to be difficult. But what was beautiful about Joshua is that he, like I pray you, oftentimes don't know what the future holds, but I hope you know who holds the future. And that is a sovereign God who loves you and has a purpose and a plan for your life, and it is to be successful, but not the way the world teaches success, the way Scripture teaches. And so God comes to Joshua, and he says, Joshua, be strong and courageous, for I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. So the first thing I want us to see this morning is that Corey Ten Boone and her teachings says this, by way of introduction. She says, we must never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. 
Oftentimes in combat and as I would teach and preach sermons to soldiers before they would go on missions or before they would go into very difficult situations in harm's way, you could look in the eyes of those men and you could see those men that had a peace that passes understanding in their heart. They did not know what the next few hours were going to hold, but those who knew the love of Christ, those who had the grace of Christ in their heart, knew that even though they didn't know what an unknown future looked like, they knew that they served a known God. And your future is uncertain. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what this afternoon holds. You all want to be successful. Joshua certainly wanted to be, wanted to be successful. He, more than anything, wanted to lead these people into the promised land and for it to be successful. But here he was filled with anxiety, and God comes to him and comforts him and gives him peace that passes all understanding, the peace that is founded in the grace and love of Christ. And so there's three things I want you to see this morning. First of all, God's presence. We'll look at verse 5 if you have your Bibles with you or your iPads open. Verse 5 says, No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I want you to see God's presence here. You know you can't hide from God. You know you can't run from God. You know that he's never going to leave you or forsake you, that his presence is always with you. If you know Christ and you've asked him into your heart and he has transformed your spirit, you know and I know that his presence is real. And his presence walks with you and talks with you on a daily basis as you open his word, as you pray, as you come to chapel, as you interact with your friends. His presence is real. Do you know that? Do you know that this morning, that his presence is there? And Joshua, though he had a great task in front of him, a mighty mission in front of him, knew the presence of Almighty God. He knew because he could look back and he could see how God had directed his steps. I hope that you have done that. I hope that occasionally you look back. History is a powerful teacher. And that you look back and you see the hand of God even in your young life. If you come into my house, you'll see a bowl of rocks. Now you think, Jim, Terry's not that great a decorator. If that's the very best you can do. But in this bowl of rocks are like memorial markers. There's about 28 of them, and they're numbered. And when Terry and I will go through difficult times, sometimes we will pull out this little book, and we will look at how God moved in mighty ways to remind us of his presence and that he will never leave us or forsake us. One of those rocks is a stupid little story of when I was in grad school and I realized we were completely out of money and I looked at my wife and she looked at me and I said, we're going to have to pack up and go home. And we got on our knees and prayed that God would deliver or bless in some kind of way, but nothing happened, and we were getting ready to pack up the next day, and we went out to the mailbox, and we opened the mail, 
and you were preparing, I was preparing to receive a bunch of bills, and in there was a $500 check from a little old lady that we'd never met in our life. God, in his mighty way, was revealing to us that his presence is there. God's presence. Joshua needed it. You need it as well. You might need it next hour when you go take your calculus test. I don't know. But his presence is there. Secondly, real quickly, God's plan. Joshua is looking into the future, and it's an uncertain future, and he's wanting to be successful, and he's just heard God say, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. I'm with you, Joshua. But he's more than that, he's saying, I have a plan for you, and that plan is for you to be successful. But success is not defined by the world. Success is defined by a heart that is filled with humility, that is a heart that is desiring righteousness, that a heart has been transformed. In other words, success is different. We don't ascend to greatness in the Christian world. We descend to greatness. We learn how to kneel and build others up as more important than ourselves and look out for the interest of others. And through giving, we receive. And he's saying you will be successful as long as you are in obedience with my word. My word is your road map. Have any of you ever been lost before? Let me see. Let me see some hands. Everybody been lost? Come on. There you go. Okay. I was lost last night just trying to find this campus in the fog, but that's a whole other story. My goodness. That's amazing, isn't it? Coming up that mountain in that fog. But anyway, I drifted. Let's go back to the, to the road map. God's Word. I remember... When I lived in Germany, it was my second tour. I just returned from the first Gulf War, and Terry and I received orders to move to Germany to, to work there as an Army chaplain up in northern Germany. And so I flew over a little early to get there, and my commander met me, and he said, Jim, it's good to have you on board. We have a unit over in Holland that needs some attention pretty quickly. And this unit is having some major problems. So I want you to drive over there and spend a few days and minister to them. And I said, sir, I'd be happy to do that, but I literally just landed. I don't have a European driver's license yet. And he goes, no problem. You have a chaplain assistant. He's a driver. You get in this Volkswagen uh, Jetta and take off. And so I just went straight, got, put my stuff down, got in the car, took off with young Nate, young specialist in the army, and we took off driving to Holland. I was jet lagged, you can imagine, so I remember looking over at Nate, and I said, Nate, how long does this take, this trip? He goes, it's not far at all, sir, it's only probably about an hour. I said, well, great, I'm going to get a little rest here. I fell asleep, I woke up, I looked at him, I said, Nate, how we doing? He goes, sir, we're doing great. I said, fantastic. So I fell back asleep, I woke up, I looked at my watch, it had been over an hour, I said, everything good? He goes, sir, we're good. I said, fantastic. I fell back asleep. About 20 minutes later, I woke up, and I said, Nate, are we lost? And he said, sir, totally. <laughs> I said, do we have a map? No, sir. I said, Nate, we need to pull over. We just made the first mistake of any leader in the military, and that is we fail 
to do a reconnaissance, a map reconnaissance of where we're going. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Remember that. So we're just aiming in the air. We're aiming at nothing. I said, Nate, we need to get a, a map. So we pulled over to this kind of Eso-European station, and we got a map, and we studied it, and we realized we were only about 60 miles south of where we needed to be. So I said, Nate, we, we need to follow this map, because it's going to lead us there. He goes, yes, sir. So off we went, following the map. The map leads to success. Young men and women, the map is God's word. If you will invest in it, it will lead you to success. If you will invest in it, it will direct your plans and your steps. If you hide it in your heart and meditate on it, you will be successful. Not the way the world sees it, but the way our Lord sees it. The way Jesus was successful. He was everything that a leader should not be in accordance to the world. But he was everything that we needed a leader to be. As I look out at you, I see you as emerging leaders. Just as Joshua was a leader, and he had a plan, and it was going to be successful as long as he was in alignment with God's Word. His presence, his plan. And then finally comes prosperity. Look at what God's Word says. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their fathers, forefathers. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law that my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you, you go. Do not let the book of the law, do not let the word of God depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. God's prosperity, his blessings will come your way. Because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than your mother and father, more than life itself. And that love can never be taken away. I pray every one of you know that love and you received it. Joshua understood it, and that's why he could go into the future with boldness and with courage, and he could get over himself and his anxiety and his fear, and he could trust. You know, love's a powerful thing. I remember as a kid, I'm, I'm a sports freak, and I was a tennis freak on top of that. We got any tennis players in here? All right, good, good. How about that basketball team, though? That's what I love. Come on. How about that basketball team? Making a little history. Come on. That's strong, man. Making a little history. I like that. I, every time I come on this mountain, it's a little history. I love it. When I came up here the first time, the girls' tennis team broke history. They won 16 matches. So that's, it's exciting to see what's going on here. All right, back to love, right? So back to love for a minute. Here's the deal. I love sports, and I love tennis. And as a kid, I grew up in the country, and I remember we had this huge carport, open carport. And I would stand back there for hours. It was my backboard, and I would hit on that. 
And if you grow up in the South on Sunday after church, you come home and you have chicken and roast beef and rice and gravy and squash casserole, all the wonderful food that you have over in your dining facility there. And so, so, so anyway, so anyway, then, then what do you do? You take a nap, right? You fall asleep because those carbohydrates have taken you out. And so, and so here I am, and, and my parents will always take a nap. And I would go out back, and I'd hit. And I remember my dad walking out and saying, Son, he goes, Jim, stop beating the ball on the side of the house. Mom and I are going to take a nap. I said, Sure, Dad, no problem. Now, I did something that I never did before or after. I willfully disobeyed my father. You don't do that in the Carter household. And so I waited till I thought he was asleep, and I went back to beating the ball against the side of the house, the carport, and Dad got up and he walked out again. He said, Jim, stop doing that. I said, yes, sir, Dad, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. So I waited about 30 minutes. I figured he was asleep, and Mom were resting, and I started just playing again. And that was back in the day with McEnroe and Connors and Borg, and I was beating all of those guys uh, when I was playing them. And all of a sudden, I saw down this, the, the window a man, Dad was only 5'6", but he looked about 6'6", running down the hall doing this. And I thought, that's a bad sign. He's taken off his belt, and it's going to be brutal. And I said, I have a choice here. I can stand here and take it like a man, or I can take off running. And we had this huge field next to my house. It was freshly plowed. And on the other side of that field was my grandmother's house. And, and I thought, this is grace, and this is law that's coming. And I want to get to grace as quick as I can. And I said, Dad is all of 40 years old. He's too slow. He'll never catch me. I'm like 11, and so are 10. I took off sprinting across this freshly plowed field, thinking, if I can just get to my grandmother, all is good. And all of a sudden, about halfway across this field, I feel this searing pain in my shoulder. It's like it's coming out of socket. And I start flopping on the ground like a chicken, and I look up, and there's my father. Well, I will spare the rest of the story of what began to happen there for the next few minutes, but needless to say, I deserved every bit of it. And it was discipline probably today would have you thrown in jail. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's all over now, right? And so father and son are walking back to the house. And dad was a World War II kind of guy, a very quiet man. And someone who didn't speak a lot. And I remember looking up at him and I said, man, I didn't know you could run that fast. I didn't think you could catch me. And I remember these words like it was yesterday. He put his hand on my shoulder and he said, Son, I love you too much to let you get away. I love you too much to let you get away. That's the love that Jesus Christ has for every one of you. He loves you. And he wants you to be successful in his way, through his love, not the world. I pray God's anointing on you. I pray, pray his blessing on you. 
and I pray his love on you. Go Scots. Thank you.